there, Diocese of the Rio Grande. I want you to meet Mike Angel, who, as you may know, is the new rector of St. Michael and All Angels here in Albuquerque, It's Mexico. like you scripted it, yeah. Isn't it so good? <laughs> Mike Angel, the rector of St. Michael and All Angels. Yeah, good to be with you. Welcome to the Diocese of the Rio Grande. Thank Formally, you. Thank you. you arrived in September. Mm -hmm. And you have a long history with New Mexico and Albuquerque. Yeah, my dad's family. Um, so my great-grandfather moved the family here and ranched on the Rio Perco. Wow. Yeah. And then you had some aunts who lived in Albuquerque. Yeah. Like, you were here as a kid. Yeah, so my dad started life in Roswell. Um, his parents died when he was young, and he moved here to Albuquerque, graduated from the academy. Uh, but I had a great-aunt just a few blocks north of the church on Solar. And we visited her. She was like my grandma. So actually came for St. Michael's first Christmas Eve in the building that was built in 1997. Wow. Yeah. And what a blessing that you're here. Yeah. That God has called you here to lead the congregation now. Yeah. Well, so tell us a little bit about your life and your priesthood and your mm -hmm. path that, that brought you here. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in the West. I grew up up in Colorado uh, and uh, with a dad who was a New Mexico expat. But my mom's family's from Colorado almost about at the same time. Um, grew up in a little uh, church that was early involved in women's ordination for the Diocese of Colorado. I actually knew several women that my predecessor, Brian Taylor, had helped come from this diocese to that parish specifically to go through the ordination process. One um, of them, it turns out, was an old family friend yeah. of, of my parents, and I knew her when. I was a kid, so yeah. there are all these. It's the Episcopal Church is small, yeah. and Albuquerque is small, and New Mexico is small. But so um, I grew up up there, went to college out west, uh, out in California, and that it was nice because my mom was a priest, and I come from a. My grandmother called us not just cradle Episcopalians, but genetic Episcopalians. I actually, come from a long line of Episcopal clergy that goes back to before the Civil War. Um, one of them was in North Carolina where you once were, wow. but, um, but so we ended up out here partly because I had a great, great grandfather who was an Episcopal priest and missionary to the West in Montana and then in Utah. But, uh, I left Colorado to go to California and it was in the diocese of San Diego that I kind of was able to come into my own and not just be Betty Lanning's grandson or Deborah Angel's son. Like, uh, and so I discerned to call the ministry partly in college and partly at the um, cathedral in San Diego. When I got back, I did a year as a young adult service corps volunteer in Honduras after college, and I came back and Bishop Jim Mathis invited me to be the campus minister at the University of California, San Diego, and to go through the discernment process. And so I did that for about two years, and I asked him about staying a third year, and he said, no, it's time to go to seminary. Um, so I left San Diego, and thinking I was coming back, but then I went to the Virginia Seminary, and I was looking for a parish to do my seminary placement where I could both do young adult ministry and Latino ministry. I wanted to do Spanish-speaking work. Um, and it just happened that the parish that was strongest in both of those was St. John's Lafayette Square by, by the White House. And I didn't really want to be, I was like, that sounded a little rich for my blood, but it, the rector who was there at the time, the guy named Luis Leon, was amazing, and when I did the interviews, I saw that he and the other clergy were laughing together. And so I came as their seminarian, and then they had had a tradition of hiring their seminarians, and I was like, I'm going back to San Diego, that's not gonna happen. 
and then ended up happening and ended up working at St. John's for three years. And it was great because I had the Latino congregation and the young adult ministry. And that was really fun. Um, it was a time of just a lot of exploration, being really involved in community organizing efforts in Washington, D.C. with the Industrial Areas Foundation there in Washington, D.C. around homelessness. Um, and I got a lot of young adults involved in that. There's just a lot of fun work in there. Um, and that's how my priesthood started. Yeah. That's wonderful. And then, so you were there three years. Yep. You worked a little at A15, right? Yeah. So, and then also St. Louis, where you came from most recently. Yeah, those came, came together initially. So I met my husband at a friend from seminary's wedding. Um, and we made this pact, We not when we were married, but when we were dating, like whoever could find a job that would let them move because he was living in St. Louis. And I assumed that meant it was going to be him. Um, he was finishing up a teaching license. I thought, he'll come and teach in Washington. You can teach anywhere. Yeah, you teach anywhere. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, Bishop Catherine's uh, office had asked me to apply for the young adult position at 815. And at first I was like, nah, I don't really want to do, I'm like in parish ministry. And a good friend of mine who was doing young adult ministry for the Diocese of Washington, a guy named Jason Evans, said to me, Mike, did you look at the job? And I said, yeah, I looked at the job. I don't really want to. And he said, but did you look at it? And it said, you don't have to move. And I said, yeah, so why would I take it? It wouldn't get me any. He's like, Mike, that means you can move. And I said, oh. And I did have a passion for young adult ministry and campus ministry. The job was both. And so I went and joined um, Bishop Catherine's staff. And I was just there about a year and a half, a little less than that, um, in part because it was one of those seasons when the general convention was coming and we were going to maybe lose staff. and There's always a big shakeup, and it's nervous. And they're facing yeah. it right now yeah. again. Yeah. Um, and Bishop Catherine was at the end of her tenure. And so it was right before you worked at 815, right? That's right. Um, but the other thing that really happened was I moved to St. Louis, and I moved six months before Michael Brown was killed in the streets of Ferguson. Wow. And when I was there in St. Louis, I got to know a lot of the congregations. Mike Kinman, who's at... Pasadena now, but he was the dean of the cathedral. He invited me to come do stuff at the cathedral. And I was enjoying the work on the presiding bishop staff and young adult ministry, but I was finding myself getting drawn more and more into what was happening locally. And I was under orders when, when Ferguson happened, the, you know, being on the presiding bishop staff is a little political thing, as you know. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I was under orders, Mike, don't get arrested in Ferguson unless the Bishop of Missouri is getting arrested, which I thought was funny because the Bishop at the time was never going to get arrested. <laughs> but but the, it was also like, if you're in a march and it looks, march with the Bishop if he's marching. So I was standing next to the Bishop Wayne and I was looking at this, it was an early march in Ferguson. I was looking out and there was a lot of clergy there. Um, it was organized by a clergywoman named Tracy Blackman. But there was one Episcopal congregation that brought a big group of people and there were white kids in their teens and there were black leaders in their 80s and kind of everybody in between. Wow. And I leaned over to Bishop Wayne and I said, tell me about that congregation. I don't know that congregation. And he didn't tell me their name. He said, you know, they're looking for a rector. And I said, I'm not looking for a job. And he said, you should be. <laughs> um, and I decided to enter discernment and I had been missing parish ministry. And I got to, um, they called me. So I was the rector of this little church in St. Louis, um, but it was the first church in the St. Louis area integrate 
and they'd been doing anti-racism work since the 60s. Um, and it was just an incredible place to get to do ministry. Oh, that's marvelous. Yeah. So tell me about what draws you here to St. Michael and All Angels. For those who don't know about St. Michael and All Angels, tell us a little bit about the congregation here mm -hmm. and, and the fit. Yeah, so I think there's a few things. Like for me, as you probably heard, like a lot of the call to be about the justice of God in the world mm -hmm. has always been about a part of my spirituality, and particularly a part of my sense of call. It's very much a part of St. Michael's. I remember being a kid and not even being out yet as a gay man, but knowing that there was this church in Albuquerque that was really standing up for the LGBT community, um, both within the diocese, but within the wider region too. And, and that made an impression on me even when I was a teenager, you know? Um, and it was also a church that was early. I got to work one of the funny flukes. When I was discerning a call here, my associate rector in St. Louis was the first woman sponsored by St. Michael's to be ordained a priest. Wow. Um, and so it, it's funny that a lot of things about St. Michael's has, have touched my journey across the years. Um, and so it's a privilege. It's also a privilege to come back to one of the places my family calls home. Um, my folks are a lot closer here being up in Denver than they were in St. Louis. And my dad is a New Mexico expat who's eager to come down. He's been down like three times since September, right? They don't um, have green chili. No, they don't. They <laughs> do. It's chili. just not as good. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in restaurants made by New Mexico expats. Exactly well, that's yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But he he's so stoked about. He's coming for Christmas. My parents are coming for Christmas, and Dad is so excited about doing luminarias with his grandson. Oh, like, yeah. so um, so that's a big piece. But but there's a there's a community of people here who really have continued to ask. Where does God call us to be in the building of the reign of God in seeking justice? And that's always been a central question for me. And so to get to lead with the people here, um, I also say, like, I feel incredibly gifted to work with two of the most talented priests, with JP and Mandy, that I've seen in my ministry. Um, relatively newer priests, but both just brilliant. And so to get to be part of a clergy team like that is just great. Mike Angel, you are a blessing already, and we are <laughs> grateful that you are here. Thank you, Bishop. And I look forward to working with you for many years to come. Thank you. Likewise.